All right, well, we are in week two of our series, Knowing God. And we're talking about the truth that we can not only be known by God, but he reveals himself and makes himself available to us that we might know him as well. Well, this brings up the obvious question for us, which is what does it mean to know God? Right? What does it mean really to know anybody? And there are really two different ways if we talk about knowing somebody that we know. One way is that we might know about somebody. It's the way that we know about our uh, favorite celebrity, our favorite athlete, our favorite musician, our favorite gamer. We might know uh, all about them. Or we might know about somebody like we know about people on social media. We know where they went on vacation or we know what they had for dinner or we uh, know the new outfit that they just bought. And we know things about them. That's one way of knowing, but then there's a whole other way of knowing. It's not just knowing about somebody, but it's an intimate connection and relationship where you know their heart. You know what goes on in their thoughts and their feelings. You know what it's like to be in their shoes because you're connected with them. And there's a couple of things that that requires of us to know in that sense. One of the things that has to happen is vulnerability. We have to be vulnerable to another person that they can not just know about us, but they can have a deeper sense of what it means to be me. Now, as we seek to know God, here's the good news, is that you are vulnerable before God, whether you want to be or not. That's pretty much done for you. God knows everything about you, every thought, every feeling, everything you have done or ever will do, God knows. And the best news of all is that the only thing that matches that knowledge of God about you is his love for you. Because if God didn't move into our lives with love and grace, that knowledge of us would be condemning, but it's not because God matches his knowledge with his grace. And he cares about what he knows about you and he's able to do something about it. But it's not just vulnerability, there has to be another element and this is where you and I come in if we wanna know God and that there has to be a pursuit. That we've gotta be seeking God to know him and this really isn't every relationship. Uh, for those in you in a family or marriage, perhaps you've experienced this phenomenon where you can live with somebody but without pursuit, you don't really know them. You can just be around them. And many of us have been around God our whole lives. We show up to church. We've read the Bible maybe more than once. We've gone to a Bible study. Maybe we've gone on a mission trip. And we've been around God and we know about God. But for us to really know him intimately, we've got to be vulnerable, but we also have to pursue him. God, I don't want to just know about you, but I want to know your heart. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're feeling. And one of the things that we'll discover about God as we seek to know him that way is that God wants to move into our lives like a shepherd. Now we've all, I would guess, watching online in this room, you've probably all heard Psalm 23. One of the most familiar Psalms, one of the most familiar passages of all of the Bible. And many of us have heard it. And as a pastor, as a communicator, as a preacher, probably one of the most difficult things that I will ever do on this platform is to try to teach on a passage that we are so very familiar with. 
Because we need a new word from the Lord. God, what is it you want me to hear in this day, in this season of my life based on your truth? How can I know you in a fresh way as my shepherd? Now, David wrote these words of Psalm 23 in perhaps one of the most difficult, fearful, challenging, painful seasons of his life. And being a shepherd himself, David had this understanding of how God moves in and through our lives, not only with knowledge, but with care and ability to care for us, to love us, to protect and provide for us. And he reminds us of this amazing love of God, matched only by his amazing ability to move in our life in the words of Psalm 23. So let's take a look together. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice the first words of Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. Now, if God is my shepherd, what does that mean about you and me? Well, it means that we are sheep, right? So what do we know about sheep? We know some facts about sheep that are helpful for us today. So let's take a look. Being a sheep means, number one, that often I find myself lost. Sheep are known often and regularly to get lost. That's why you need a shepherd. Sheep find themselves lost all the time. Why? Because sheep just blindly and unknowingly follow other sheep. They follow the crowd. They follow an individual sheep. They will just wander right behind it. They will even follow one sheep off a cliff. So now you got just one sheep falling off a cliff. You got two. And we can laugh about that. It's kind of funny. But here's the thing is, is for us, it's a whole lot closer to home than what we like to realize than what we like to admit, that we too will follow other people. We too will follow the crowd. We too will be influenced by culture and the world around us to the point where we find ourselves in a place where we don't know what to believe. We don't know what to do next. If we're honest with ourselves, we can find ourselves lost. We need a shepherd. And it's not just that. It's not just being lost. But being a sheep means being afraid. Uh, sheep are very easily spooked animals. They're so very easy to scare a sheep to make them afraid. Why is that? Because a sheep is completely vulnerable to the environment and predators around it. It can't do anything to protect itself. As a matter of fact, if you go up to a sheep and you make a loud noise, you go up to a flock of a sheep and you make a loud noise, you go up and say, boo, then that sheep, they're going to scatter, they're going to run in terror and fear. Now, again, like you kind of picture that as kind of funny, but again, a little too close to home because a lot of us as human beings have the tendency to live our lives in fear. As a matter of fact, we spend most of our energy worrying about things that may happen but will never happen, overwhelmed by fear that we're not able to deal with what we have right in front of us. 
And we need someone who will lead us even in the midst of fear. It's not just being lost or afraid, but being a sheep also means being unable. To be quite literal, a sheep is 100% unable to take care of itself. Without a shepherd to lead it to a field that has grass, to protect it from predators, or even to uh, shear off the wool of its own body, a sheep will be quick to die. Think about a sheep. Uh, they're not able to grab those shears and shear the wool off their own body. And when they're not able to do that and a shepherd does not do that for them, what happens? Their wool will grow. It gets heavy. It's uh, a problem for that sheep. And if you've ever read about this or heard about it, what some of the things that will happen, it will develop sores. It'll develop wounds underneath that wool. And eventually that wool will get so heavy that that sheep is not able to move forward and often will fall over and without the sheep's inter, uh, shepherd's intervention, will very quickly die. Now again, a little too close to home for us because every single one of us have been in a season of life where it seems like the burdens are adding up. They're getting heavy. We're unable to do anything about it. It's out of our control. We can't fix it. And without somebody's intervention and movement in our lives, we will fall over. We will be unable to move forward. And a lot of us find ourselves physically sick, we find ourselves spiritually sick, and without God's help, we'll eventually experience death. We're sometimes completely unable to care for ourselves. And then finally, being a sheep means being vulnerable. As we said, a sheep is completely vulnerable, not only to the predators around it that would harm it, but even the environment. They don't know where to find water, where to find grass, how to deal with the heat. They're completely vulnerable to all the things around them and in need of a shepherd to care for them. In the same way, more than what we'd like to admit, we are vulnerable to the world around us. So many things that we can't deal with on our own, cannot control, whether it's relationships or, in, or just circumstances or the, the fallout of things that happen. We can be so very vulnerable to harm and pain and suffering and, and things falling apart where we need God to move on our behalf. Now, as I know, we, as we look at this list, being a lost and afraid and unable and vulnerable, like this sounds pretty harsh. I know it sounds like, man, like, pastor, you're beating up on us today. Like, where, where's the good news? Well, here's what I want to tell you is that being a sheep is not a burden. It is a gift. And here's what I mean by that. Most of us, I want to say many, but I think most of us really, because of pride, we'll never find ourselves in a position where we willingly surrender before God and say, Lord, I am lost. I'm afraid. I'm unable. I'm vulnerable. And my only hope is to bow down before you. God, I've got problems that I can't do anything about. I've got a spiritual condition that I can't do anything about. I've got a propensity to do things that I don't want to do and I can't do anything about it. God, I, I don't want to just know about you. God, I don't want to just know uh, your principles and try to apply it to my life. God, I need you to intervene on my behalf because I'm unable to fix it on my own. And many of us without a realization of the circumstances of our life would never willingly come and bow down and give up control and say, God, help me. 
And because of that, most of us would never experience the amazing love and grace and power and ability of our God who says, I know you and I want you to know me and I want to be your shepherd. So what does that mean for us as we come to that realization, Lord, I need you? What does that mean? Well, some things that we realize about God of how he relates to us and how we can know him. Here's the first. As we learn that God is God. He's the guide of our life. What did David write? Lord, you lead me beside still waters. God, you guide me to the place where I need to be. And that we've got to come to a realization that the reality is, is that I can't see the future or what's coming around the corner. I don't know what God knows and I'm in desperate need of him to guide my daily steps. My daily decisions, my daily attitude has to be led by God or I will quickly find myself in trouble. I want to show you a picture of a, a shepherd leading their sheep. Here's some sheep on a mountainside. And you can see that path that they're on that's been worn into the side of that hill, the side of that mountain. And ultimately their destination of where they're getting to is the other side of that mountain. And so the question that would come up for me at least was, well, why are you winding your way around the mountain? Why don't you just take the shortest path and get to the other side? And that's what most of us would like to see happen in our lives, right? When, when we need to get somewhere, when we're going through a difficulty or a challenge or a struggle, Lord, what is the path of least resistance? What is the quickest way for me to get where I want to be? But that's not what the shepherd does. The shepherd takes those sheep on the long way around. And the reason is because he knows that if he takes them directly over the mountain, the journey will be so difficult, it'll be so weary for them, that it'll be more difficult for that shepherd to protect the sheep from the dangers around them. He knows what the sheep can handle. Let me tell you this morning, God knows what you can handle. God knows what will draw you into him and let him handle what you can't handle. God knows the right path for our lives. One of the things that I'm becoming increasingly aware of is I'm so grateful that the Lord didn't just come into my life and dump all of my sin and all of my immaturity and all of that at once and say, all right, let's figure this out. Now, what has God done? He's brought me on the long road. And over time, he's grown me through experiences and his, his presence and his uh, words in my life. His movement in my life, taking me on the long road to grow me, to, to bring me to repentance and to grow a maturity into the person he wants me to be. Man, I would have preferred the short road. And I, I certainly would moving forward, but I know that sometimes the short road is not the right road. But God will lead us and guide us on the path that he knows is best for our lives. So God is guide. But we also know that God is protector. David writes in the Psalm, Lord, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even to the point, Lord, that I will walk through the valley of darkness. Some of our Bibles say, I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death without fear. Evil can come at me, God, but I will not fear it because you're with me. 
Another image here, we have a shepherd, and you see that he's holding a stick there. And you can see he's, he's guiding those sheep. And often in the times of David, a sheep, I mean, a shepherd would carry not only a staff, a long stick, but also a shorter one that they, were, they would call a rod. And there were two purposes to those sticks that that shepherd would carry. One was to protect the sheep from other animals and predators that would harm them. That was the staff. Sometimes even to pull that sheep out of a bad situation. Then there was also a rod that was meant to protect the sheep from themselves. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't eat that. Directing that sheep to where they need to go and what they need to do. And God does the same thing for us. God moves in our lives to protect us from all the dangers around us. And let me tell you, there are dangers around us. I can give you a firsthand account that there are dangers around us, that there's a spiritual world for one. And we often, as we say yes to Jesus, we come under attack of the enemy who wants to come and kill and steal and destroy. He wants to divide us and distract us and destroy everything that God wants to do in our life. And there's a spiritual world that we cannot see. And I thank God every day that he's fighting on my behalf that the Holy Spirit is intervening in my life, that the Holy Spirit, when I don't know what to pray, is praying for me, that the Father is intervening, that Jesus came to deal with sin and death on my behalf and on yours. And y'all, there, there's some real enemies in this world as, as well. There are people and systems and structures that would harm you and harm me. There are lies and deceit at work in the world that would lead us to despair and, and self-destruction. There's false teaching even in the church that would lead us away from the life that God wants us to live. And, and y'all, there's some people in this world who are just evil, who would do us harm. And we have a God who's intervening, who's protecting us who's standing in the gap, who's working through events and circumstances and redirecting it to protect us. That's the kind of shepherd we have, but we, we can't talk about that without the other side of it too because Lord knows sometimes God needs to protect me from myself. And God will take that rod and he will discipline me. Sometimes it means that he makes me aware of some sin in my life that I need to repent of. And we've talked about that word. It means to stop moving in one direction and turn and move the other. The God will move my, my direction back toward him. Sometimes it means that God will allow me to suffer consequences for things that I do to prevent me from experiencing greater consequences if I keep moving in that direction. And it is so easy to get frustrated with God. Like, Why did you make this happen? Why did you allow this? Why did you let the enemy mess with me? And God knows, because I know where you were headed. And I didn't want you to experience that, so I let you experience this. I love you too much to let you keep going that way. And so I'll let these things happen, inviting us to trust him that he's protecting us from something even worse. That we can walk through the darkest valley. Maybe for you it's the darkest season. I don't know what you're walking through, a physical sickness or a spiritual things happen in your life, spiritual warfare, circumstances, events, relationships, financial problems. I don't know what it might be, but you have a God who's protecting you, 
who's guiding you and leading you if you'll let him. So he guides, he protects. We also know that God is provider. What did David write? Lord, you as my good shepherd, Lord, I know that you are providing, preparing a table for me. Where? Even in the midst of my enemies. I love thinking about that idea of God the Father preparing a table. The book of Revelation talks about a banquet that we'll experience with God. Jesus teaches in parables about this banquet that God's giving to us. And we, I just imagine this beautiful table that God is setting. But there's even more to it than that. One more picture. Picture of a shepherd leading the sheep. And they're in this lush field. You see all that grass that they have there to eat. But the sheep are not intended to stay here in the valley. And the reason is because long, as long as they're in the valley, they are susceptible to attack. Their enemy may show up and harm them. Where they are headed is the high ground in the foreground of this picture. And sometimes a shepherd will come across a high elevated ground with a flat surface that because it was rarely tread upon was often lush with green grass. And this geological formation was called a table. And the shepherd would lead that sheep up the side of that, that elevated steep slope up to the flat ground where there was lots of green, luscious grass, where the shepherd could easily protect them from any predators that would come. And he would prepare the space for the sheep to graze. God does the same thing for us. And at times it means that it requires us to go up a steep slope to go an uncomfortable path. That if we just had a snapshot of it and we didn't know where we were going, we would probably argue with God about the path. Or we might think that we've done something wrong and that's why we're on the path. And we don't see the greater picture of what God is preparing for us. Because not only does the shepherd know that they're susceptible to danger in the easy place, but he also knows that as long as they stay there and they don't move forward, there's going to time where, come a time where that sheep, they're going to eat all the grass that's there. And there'll be nothing left. And those sheep are not going to willingly move on to some other place. And they will starve to death if they stay in that place. Let me tell you, we do ourselves some real, real harm when we fixate on what we think we want right in front of us instead of trusting God to move toward what he's prepared for us. And I know that takes an act of faith. It requires us to trust because we don't know where we're headed. But we have got to be willing to, to call out to him, to get into his word, to pray, to get godly counsel and say, Lord, where are you leading me? What is it you're providing for me? And one of the things, the truths that I've held on to for a long time, we, we've even got it as a piece of work, uh, artwork in our home now, to help me to trust God when I'm moving forward and I don't know where we're going is this statement, that the best indicator of God's future faithfulness is his past provision. If you're on a place, on a route, and you don't know where you're going, you don't know how God's gonna provide, 
Remember what he's done. God is a provider. And then last, we know that God is healer. God is healer. David writes the words in Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely the goodness and love of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life. Now what in the world is David talking about anointing our heads with oil as a shepherd would anoint a sheep? Let me show you a picture. We've got a shepherd here, and he's pouring oil over the head of the sheep. Now, why is the shepherd doing this? Well, he, he's not anointing this sheep to be king. He's not giving him a bath. This is a pretty sticky event here that the shepherd is doing. So why? Well, the shepherd knows that this is the best way to keep that sheep healthy. Three things that a shepherd, a good shepherd will do. He'll protect that sheep from danger. He'll lead them to where they need to be. And then he will care for that sheep by shearing the wool and anointing their head on a regular basis. And, he, and this is why, it's kind of gross, but it's the reason why. As sheep are real susceptible to parasites and bugs and insects, and particularly those insects and those parasites will get into the eyes of the sheep and they'll lay eggs. And then that will create an even bigger problem and often the sheep will die from those insects and those parasites. And so the shepherd will anoint the sheep with the oil, cover its head, wipe it on its face as a protection from the things that would harm it and make it sick. In the same way, God wants to move into our lives and provide healing for the things that would make us sick. Now, we know that sometimes, because God knows what we don't know, that the healing doesn't take place until the other side of this life in heaven. And we have to trust God with that. But we also know that as long as the Lord has work for us to do here on this earth, that God often works in our lives to bring healing now. Scripture tells us that God is Jehovah Rapha, God is healer, the Lord who, who heals. Now, sometimes God will heal through medicine. He'll heal through uh, medical science, a surgery. He'll heal through therapy. Sometimes, I've seen it and many of you have, God will move through the miraculous move of his hand. Now, by all means, those of us who are experiencing physical illness, mental illness, spiritual illness, seek out the things that God has given us. Go to therapy, go to counseling, go to your doctor. But even in the midst of those things, what every doctor or therapist will tell you, what in at least an honest moment, as if there are limitations to what they can do. And when healing comes, we know it's by the hand of God. And so we pray. And we seek God. And we ask for healing. And we do it expectantly, knowing that God is a loving Father. He's a loving shepherd. Not only does he know, but he cares. Not only does he care, he is able. And so we pray expecting God to move. 
to bring physical healing, to bring mental healing, to bring spiritual healing in the way that only God can do. And we praise Him, whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley of darkness, because He's God wherever we are. Now, what that means for us, if God is to be our shepherd and we're to follow Him, it means that we've got to be pursuing Him. Yes, we're vulnerable. He knows everything about us, but we've got to pursue Him. We've got to follow the shepherd. It does a sheep no good to have a great shepherd if it's running off a cliff after another sheep. We've got to hear His voice and respond to it. It reminds me of the words that Jesus says to us in John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28. Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. We've got to know his voice. We've got to be able to discern his voice from all other voices. It's been a prayer of mine for a very long time. God, I just want to know your voice. I want to know your voice apart from my voice, the enemy's voice, the world's voice. God, I desperately need to know when you are speaking to me so I can follow you. And so here's what I want to offer up. This is not a formula, it's a prayer. And I'm going to invite you as the Holy Spirit leads to come in prayer at these prayer rails as we wrap up. But the prayer begins with this. God, please speak to me. I can't hear what you're not saying, so speak to me, God. Speak to me in prayer. Speak to me through your word. Speak to me through godly people. Speak to me through my circumstances. Lord, speak to me. I'm begging you. And then the second part of that prayer is, Lord, help me to hear you. I'm listening. I'm trying to silence the distractions. I'm trying to silence all the things that would pull me away. But God, I need you to to help me hear your voice. It does me no good to be quiet or to get into your word if you don't speak and allow me to hear you. I could read through the Bible 27 times, but if God doesn't allow me to hear from him, I've accomplished nothing. So give me ears to hear. Help me to recognize your voice. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to know you. Do you you realize that God, through Jesus, made a promise? That there's one prayer that he'll always answer. That when we ask for the Holy Spirit, he's faithful to give. So we ask for it. We ask for ears to hear. And then at some point along the way, we've got to respond to it and say, okay, I'm going to take a step of faith. This is what I think that you're saying. And I know for many of us, we are scared to death to take a wrong step or to look foolish. And so we don't do anything. And we hear that prompting of the Spirit. We feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And we're like, oh, not really sure I can do that. Because we're afraid it's not of God and we're going to look dumb. I just want to encourage you, when you hear that voice, if you think you're hearing God, 
take a step. Trust it. And I'll give you three questions to ask yourself real quickly if you're trying to discern whether or not God's speaking to you. Number one is what I'm hearing line up with God's word. Because I promise you this, God is never going to say anything to you that does not line up with his scripture. That is not going to happen. So does it line up with God's word? The second question is, does it uh, bless someone else or is it self-serving? Because I will also promise you, God's never going to say anything to you to make you more selfish. He's going to say things and speak to you and lead you to take steps of faith, to deny yourself, to trust God, to not put yourself first, but put God and others first. And then the third question to ask, is this something that I would just normally on a regular day think about? Or is it some to be something from beyond me? Because I'll tell you this, what God is not telling you to do is to follow your heart. Y'all, our heart can get us in a whole bunch of mess. We lie to ourselves better than anybody else. And so does this seem to be coming from beyond me? Is it line up with God's word? Is it blessing somebody else? Does it seem to be from some, something beyond me? And y'all, if you can answer yes, just give it a try. Because one of two things are going to happen. Either it's going to be from God, and you're going to be so glad that you took that step of faith, or God didn't say, say it to you. And here's what I know about God. As a loving shepherd, he is so gracious that when we respond with faith, even if it's the wrong step, he will redirect us to right where we need to be. We gotta trust him. So ask, God speak. Lord, help me to hear. And then I'm gonna step out in faith to follow you. Because you're the good shepherd. So if you'll stand, we're gonna sing one more song. And these prayer rails are available. And I just ask you to consider what is your response to God's word today? And I, I say this from the deepest place of my heart. When we get to the other end of this life, we're gonna stand before God. And there are gonna be a lot of people who are gonna look upon the face of God and they're gonna think, man, I was in church every Sunday and I was in Bible studies and I went on mission trips. And God's gonna look at them and say, depart from me, I do not know you because they knew all about God. They knew all about Jesus, but they never walked with him. They were never intimate with him. They never surrendered it all to him. And it might just be somebody watching online or here today, you need to take a step from knowing about him to knowing him. And the, the one thing you can do is bow down before him and say, God, I cannot do this on my own. And my goodness, it's not just about then, it's about now. Who among us wants to go through the struggles and the challenges and the pain and the difficulty of life saying, oh God, I got your principles. I'm gonna to try to apply them to my life with all these enemies that I can't overpower on my own, but God, I got the principles. I'm gonna to try to apply it. No, I want the shepherd in my corner. I want him right there with me. I don't wanna know about him, I wanna know him. Or maybe it's just time for you to go deeper where you've heard the voice and you've said yes. But God wants you to know the tone of his voice. He wants you to know the intonation. He wants, to know, he wants you to know everything about his voice and he's drawing you in deeper. 
And it could be the day where you say, Lord, I, I've said yes to you, but I haven't surrendered it all. And I, I need to lay some things down. And I know our tendency in this moment is to wonder what everybody else is thinking. Listen, in the scheme of things, it really does not matter one bit what anybody else is thinking. If God wants to do a move in your life, today's the day to say yes, to let him be your shepherd. And so we got these prayer rails available. You can wave one of us to pray with you. You can bring somebody over. You can pray in your seat. You can pray in your living room if that's where you are. But let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Ask for ears to hear it and listen and take a step. So let me pray for us. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being our shepherd, that you know us, you care, you're able. Thank you that Jesus came and he stood in our place. He took our sin into his body. He took on death and he destroyed it forever. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you give so freely. Thank you for loving us, Lord, the way you do. I pray that the Holy Spirit will stir in our hearts right now. Speak truth to us. Give us courage to respond. Give us faith to trust you, Lord, in whatever we're walking through. That you are a good shepherd. You guide us. God, you protect us. You provide and you heal. Not because we deserve it, but because you are good. And we surrender to you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.